Hearts bleeding, vampires feeding, darkness turns to dust Everyone's gone but no one's leaving, nobody left but us Try to chase a feeling but we'll never feel it Riding on our last train home Dying in our sleep, we're living out a dream We only make it out alone I just keep my you call me You say you wanna see me But you can't right now You never took the time to get to know me We're scared of losing something That we never found We're running out of reasons But we can't let go Yeah, Hollywood is bleeding But we call it home Outside the winter sky turning gray I wasn't sure until later in the week what this episode was going to be all about. The end yep. of it, the end of it, seems to be very Spider-Man centric. Just to uh, give a little spoiler, what the end of the episode is going to be. But we are going to review since Spider-Verse, this the sequel comes out next week across the Spider-Verse. We are going to review Into the Spider-Verse. I just watched it about an hour ago, in the last hour and a half. So, we're going to give that a proper pineapple score. But, beginning of the show, I want to talk about Hollywood. Writer Strike still going on, still bleeding, as the song said before by Post Malone. Very poetic. Writer Strike, what are we, two or three weeks in now? Maybe almost a month? Yep, almost a month. Almost a month. Everything's getting shut down. We had a little, a couple of uh, news notes in our news about Marvel projects getting shut down. Um, mm. Quick thoughts. Um, this could be a lot worse than the 20, uh, 2007. Oh, yes. Year. There's a lot more to negotiate this time with uh, everything being streaming-based nowadays. Yeah. I mean, the writer of The Bear basically being damn near homeless to just yeah. and you know put into debt. And... Um, yeah, it's because uh, it always it was a great system before because writers would get paid throughout the year, and uh, from residuals, and that doesn't happen with streaming. And we're already in a fragile post-pandemic, so Hollywood was already in pretty bad shape trying to rebuild after being off for almost a year and a half during the pandemic. Yep. And we had a good flux of well, except for the Marvel stuff, we've had a good flux of material coming out. A lot of people were home writing, you could tell, but there was also a lot of push the first couple of years after the pandemic for new yep. material to be rushed out. Marvel had that problem. Yeah. DC, DC may have had that problem too, however, I think DC just has bad storytelling, writing people in, in charge general. Yeah. in general. Marvel definitely, definitely the pandemic fucked them up. And yeah. It's, it, it, it could, in the long run, if if the writers are, writers keep striking like this, and then SAG-AFTRA, if they strike and the Directors Guild strike, Hollywood may not be back by the end of the year, and that would, be, that would mean in 2025, 2026, we may not have any new written projects, right. just reality shows. And that would be, that would be a 
shotgun shot right to the head of Hollywood. It's a really bad time. I, I hope they come up with a deal. I know they're uh, negotiating currently with SAG-AFTRA. I know they're doing the same with the Directors Guild. Um, still negotiating with uh, the, the the Writers Guild, but they're just they're not they're not meeting the terms of the streaming, and that's the problem because it's a new wild west of streaming. We talked about it. Um, we're gonna talk about it a little bit this week with the the debut of uh, Max, which is fucking stupid. <laughs> but yes. But yeah, I wanted to bring that up. We're going to talk about it a lot more down the road, but we're currently a few weeks in. Um, no end in sight. No rumors of an end in sight. No rumors of a deal being struck or even constructed. So who knows? Who knows where this will end? When it'll end? The other one, like I said before, lasted 100 days. So who knows? 100 days puts it right in about the end of summer. So... Um, we're talking by the fault. Yeah, maybe there may not even be any uh, nighttime shows, like uh, late night shows, until yep winter. Uh, Netflix might have to think about releasing some things later than they intended to in the first place. Yeah. Um, who knows? Like, uh, just off the top of my head, maybe like Rebel Moon might get moved to next year. I don't know if it's too close, but right. Um, just to kind of keep up with content. And once again, this is gonna mess up Stranger Things, just like the pandemic did. Yeah, nobody unless it's already filmed. The problem, the problem is nobody wants to cross the picket lines. And they could go right. out and film all they want, but the minute they start getting picketed, if they cross those picket lines, it's, it's bad. Not only is it bad taste, but it looks bad on the actors. Bad publicity. They don't want to do it. Yep. And we're going to talk about that a little bit with the Marvel stuff that got canceled this week as well. So I wanted to bring that up. Uh, also wanted to bring up a couple of great interviews I heard. Um, Joe Rogan did an interview with Jelly Roll and Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer's movie, The Machine, comes out today. I'm uh, watching it tomorrow, so we we'll review it next week. Um, two great interviews. Both of those guys are great interview subjects. Um, Burt Kreischer's hilarious. Jelly Roll, I don't know if you know much about him. No. He was a hip-hop artist, turned country. Um, won all oh, the yeah, a- that guy. Won, yeah. He's got tattoos, big guy. Um, won all the a- AMAs. Um, married to a former high-end call girl from Las Vegas. Started a family. Started a, started a family with her. Um, very good interview. I listened to that today. Um, the other one that I, there's a Netflix documentary on Louis Capaldi. He's a British singer. Um, kind of reminds me a lot of um, Ed Sheeran. But if you ever watch any of his interviews, he is fucking hilarious. Especially if you watch like Instagram or Facebook um, little quick videos and stuff. Go out and hunt those down because he's fucking hilarious. He's uh, know, he's probably in his twenties, early twenties maybe. Very funny guy. Um, British, like I mentioned, British British singer songwriter. A um, couple of good songs I've heard from him. I uh, wanted to bring that up. Uh, search out Joe Rogan. Uh, those two interviews, Jelly Roll and uh, Burt Kreischer, at least those are good. Um, so this week we're going to start off with a breaking fat fucks segment. I don't know your feelings on Dairy Queen. I mean, we've had one in Kittery close to us for years, ever since I was alive. Um, yeah, only open seasonally. Only open seasonally, So, and it was only uh, walk-in. Since then, there's been one in Somersworth where I live over here in New Hampshire. There's a drive-thru one that I go to every once in a while. Um, 
So they're around. A lot more down south. Um, the drive-through um, is more prominent down there. But um, one thing that I used to always like to get is I used to like to get the dipped cones. So you get the vanilla ice cream on a cone, and they dip it in a hard shell. They had cherry, they had uh, butterscotch, and I think they had chocolate. Well, yep. they confirmed today that they are discontinuing the cherry dipped cone. It's a red cherry. It's like a red, uh, white chocolate. Uh, and they dip the cone in there, and it heart puts a hard shell on it. Um, I used to love that. Um, mm. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of ice cream places around here that do it. There's one right down the road that does a does a soft serve black raspberry, and I always get it dipped in a cherry dip, and it's so fucking good. Well, anyway, Dairy Queen is is uh, discontinuing theirs. Um, it's an end of an era. Indeed. It's how do it's I very sad. Say oh, Dairy Queen. How do I say goodbye, Dairy Queen? The good time that made us laugh. Oh, Dairy Queen. But yeah. I uh yeah, I didn't have a chance to even go and I know they have a new churro churro dipped one too. I don't know how that tastes, but really? like, yep, it's uh churro That dipped. sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, you may like that. Um the other thing, breaking news today. Next month in June is Grimace's birthday at McDonald's. Of course, Grimace is a huge part of this show for many reasons, one being our reviews. But what they're gonna have I have no idea. I mean, he's been around since the '60s, maybe '70s, right. as a mascot who has been who's been off the marketing for a very long time. But he's going back into the marketing. I remember we talked about it a few months ago or a month ago that they brought back the hamburger into the commercials. Um, so next month in June, they're going to do a Grimace birthday meal. Um, you get to choose a Big Mac or a ten-piece chicken McNugget, and, you, and it includes a medium fry and a medium Grimace shake, which is a vanilla shake. With its purple, um, with whipped cream on top, all that shit. So, wanted to mention that because it is, uh, it is uh, <laughs> kind of connected to our podcast in a non-connected way. But we will have to, we'll have to test that out and see. I mean, it's a vanilla milkshake, so it's probably just mm. food coloring. But yep. So, that being said, let's talk about what we watched this week. First thing we watched was. The penultimate episode, episode 11 of Ted Lasso. Beginning of the episodes, Ted's, Ted's walking down the street near his home, walking to uh, AFC Richmond, talking to everybody on the streets and says, saying hello to everybody. Looks over to a lady on the bench, says hello to her, and then quickly turns back and realizes his mother has come to visit him in England. This is the first time we see Ted's mom. First time we see their dynamic. Ted is kind of uh, standoffish towards her. Um, find out a little bit more later on uh, their dynamic after the fa- after his father had passed away, which we heard that he killed himself years and years ago. Um, there, there was a really cool ending to that story um, where they, where he kind of had closure with her. Um, there was one quick key thing that she said. She said she loves tea, and if you if you've ever seen the show, 
Ted absolutely hates tea. Yep. He calls it piss water. So it's 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 a really cool connection. The dynamic that they have together. He's not necessarily angry at her, but he's angry at the fact that she hasn't. Um, she's kind of shut herself off since the father died, um, and that kind of gets resolved a little bit with therapy. Ted's been in therapy with what's her name from season two. I think it's Doctor Sharon. Um, but that that has a good good story in this episode. Um, Nate the Great, his road to redemption. That's, yeah. what we're, that's what we have left of this this uh, last couple of episodes. Um, definitely in that direction here. In this episode, he's trying to write Ted a 60-page apology <laughs> letter. Um, yep. And, and the, a couple of guys from, uh, from the football club, a couple of players, come into the, uh, the Ath- uh, Taste of Athens restaurant while he's working. He's, he's now working there as a waiter, becoming the best waiter that he could absolutely possibly be. <laughs> and yep. uh, they tell him that they need him back at the football club. But they haven't brought they haven't brought it up to, t- to Ted yet, um, so he's he's kind of hesitant because of the way he left last season. Um, and by the end of the episode, um, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. Um, Jamie Tart is a secret star hero of this show. This was a great episode with him. The minute he, Roy and him go into another room and just breaks down, starts crying in front of him, and he starts kissing him. I mean, not kissing him, hugging him. That would have been, that would have been a whole other whole other. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jamie's relationship was Roy, with Roy was amazing. Um, this is where they began in season one. Exactly, um, and they also have a lot of parallels too. Like Jamie's not in the end of his career, but he was. He, he's the he's a, he's the leader kind of. Uh, so was Roy. Before he got injured, before he had to retire, um, Jamie is is he still can play, but you can tell he's getting more seasoned, more older. Um, eventually, that'll probably be his story as well. Um, and this this episode is all about his return to Manchester, where he where he grew up, where he played Manchester City, um, and they have to beat Manchester City AFC uh, Richmond have to beat Manchester City to make it to the finals, which will be next week. Um, they ended they ended up beating them. Jamie came out as a hero after being booed in the beginning because they were mad at him for leaving in the first place, um, coming back to his old team. Um, it's a good story. I like Jamie's story. Um, you see his parents in this. It's pretty cool. Or his mother um, and new new like stepdad. Um, I like that story. I like that dynamic. Um, the end of the episode. One of Beard's finest moments. Um, Beard is hesitant to bring Nate back for obvious reasons. Um, Ted tells Beer that everyone deserves a second chance. Um, you don't know the whole story, but finally you get the backstory of why Beard and, and Ted are such great friends. Beard was in prison, which was amazing. Um, and... Beards ended up stealing Ted's car. Wasn't that the, wasn't that what it was? Yeah, he went to jail for how did he put it? Stealing a something of heroin and, and drugs. Um, yes. <laughs> a what? It was yeah. Uh, brick, was that a brick of heroin or something? I can't remember. No, what it, was, it was. It was something like that. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. Or yeah, and then uh, Ted let him have a job, and then he stole Ted's car, and Ted gave him another shot after that. Yeah. Yeah, he gave him a second chance. Because technically and, him going to jail wasn't, like, the first chance. So he gave him the second chance when he sold the car. Yep. And they've been friends ever since. He's followed him, he's followed him around in his career. Um, 
And he's decided to give Nate a second chance. Everyone deserves a second chance. So they end up having this epic hug at the end of the episode, which is amazing. Um, so, two things where this ends up. Nate and Ted have to have a reunion. Nate's going to come back to the AFC Richmond. Yep. They have a huge game coming up where they could win everything. Would be an epic conclusion. Which brings us to the end of Ted's story. Question mark? Um, the ending sets up a, a cliffhanger where Rebecca comes in to talk to Ted and she has, usually it's the second to last episode of the last two seasons where she drops a bombshell on Ted. She says, I, she says, I have nothing. And right before the uh, credits roll, Ted says, well, I have something to say. And the credits roll and you don't know what he's going to say. Obviously everything's pointing to Ted wanting to go home to be with his family, especially after seeing his mom. Um, so that's probably where the season's going to end. Nobody is talking about what's going to happen after the show ends. If they're going to go to a season four, they're obviously very, they're very, um, all, they're very much in, in, they're very much for the writers guild and everything that's going on. So they're not going to talk about a season four for a very, very long time. Yep. But we're not sure where it's going to end. I think after next week, we may have a better picture. Um, I think it could be a spinoff. They could call the show Roy Kent, or they can call it Nate, or they could, they or could do whatever FC they Richmond, want. AFC, AFC Richmond, AFC Richmond. Is, yeah. yeah, they could do a, they could do a spinoff. Um, easily, easily, a lot of these characters. If you if you watch the whole season, Ted hasn't really been a huge part of it to begin with. Um, right. It's been all the side characters, and that's basically what's been building this season. Um, and we were shitting on it for the beginning, but it has done a great turnaround in the last three oh, or four yeah. episodes. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it ends and where the series lands, um, and where if it continues, where it continues. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is an amazing character actor in this. Um, yeah, he's 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 hilarious. The whole, yep. sh- and I'm just glad that we know who Roy Kent and uh, Brett Goldstein is. I mean, we'll yeah. know him for years to come. So, yeah. Um, last week you reviewed the Michael J. Fox documentary, still on Apple yep. TV Plus. I watched it uh, that weekend, that night, I think, maybe. I don't remember mm-hmm. when I watched it. but Yeah, it was that night you texted me. It was it. that night, okay. Um, this documentary is amazing. Um, the only gripe I had with it, I told you, was it should have been three or four hours. It could it have been a like two an or hour three. And a half. Yeah, it was an hour and a half. It could have been It could have been a two or three episode type of deal because there was a lot of stuff that they had to skip over or at least, like you mentioned last week, Back to the Future yeah. 2 and 3. And that was right during the promotion of Back to the Future 2 and 3 when he found out he had Parkinson's. Um, you see the life, the daily struggle of him going through rehabilitation every day because um, the shaking gets worse and worse. Medication is still, wor- still working on him, but he can, feel, he can kind of feel his life slipping away. If you ever saw uh, Muhammad Ali towards the end, he was yeah, almost incapacitated. It was, it was very, very sad. And I don't know, I, I know Michael J. Fox is a component of Parkinson's research, so I think we'll probably, sadly, see him to the very end doing the same exact thing, coming out for everything, and it just sucks, but it's a, it's a shitty disease. I had, I had, it's yep. a, it runs in my family as well. Um, quick story, watch the 1996 Olympics, if you remember that, Muhammad Ali. I do. Muhammad Ali took the torch, the very, very end to the uh, to the Olympic torch, um, brought it up to the podium, lit the lit the torch for the Olympics to start. Looked over, I was watching it with my dad at the time. Looked over, and my dad started bawling. Never saw my dad cry before. Um, 
And uh, he told me that his, his grandfather had Parkinson's, he, so he lived through it, saw it. Um, it always hit me, hit me hard. I always remember that every time I talk about Parkinson's, every time it comes up. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing documentary. Um, Michael J. Fox, I, I wish he could have, I wish he could have done more. Um, just shoot me. I've only seen a few episodes, but oh, I love that show. No, it, ju- not just shoot me. Spin, uh, uh, Spin City. Spin yeah, that's City? what I mean. Yeah, yeah, just, shoot, just, just shoot me. I, uh, I watch Spin City like every week. Yeah. I love that show because I was a huge Michael J. Fox fan. Anyways, um, I remember when he came out with it because um, he'd been living with it for about nine years at that point. I think. Yeah. Um, before that, I thought only like like people with brain damage, like Muhammad Ali, yeah. could get it. But I didn't know that anybody could get it. Then you find out he was like what twenty six or so when he found out he had it yeah. it's uh scary and the other thing is he's if you've ever seen him like i mean just in back to the future alone he's always running he's always moving he's never mm-hmm. slowing down and he's still doing that now and the problem is he does it so much he's so fast that he ends up tripping and falling a lot yep and it's it's just sad because he just wants to keep moving he's even at his age he's almost 60 or he is 60 i don't know how old he is but even at even at at his age with the disability, he he's still moving fast, but he just can't keep up with it. And he falls and there's, there's a scene yeah, in like the very broke his arm, broke yeah, his cheekbone. Yeah, uh, ended up hitting himself on the bed frame and, and got a big huge bruise on his on his face. But um, yeah, amazing documentary. Uh, Apple TV Plus still. Um, I, I bet you'll be getting some awards during Emmy time, so we'll see. Um, I watched Fiddler on the Roof. Wanted to bring it up because it's one of John Williams' first scores. Um, Topol, he just died. He was the star of that. It's a musical. It's one of the last musicals of the golden age of musicals in the 60s, 50s. Um, if I Was a Rich Man, um, Sunrise, Sunset, a whole yep. bunch of iconic songs in that. I wanted to bring that up quickly. Um, Platonic, Apple TV. Watched the first three episodes. Seth Rogen, Rose Burns. Good, uh, good story about these two friends who've kind of lost touch because, um, Seth Rogen married a woman that that Rose Byrne didn't like. If you uh, Rose Byrne and and Seth Rogen were in Neighbors one and two together, they were married yep. in that. Um, so this is their return at, into comedy. Um, good show, half hour episodes. Easy to get into. Apple TV, TV Plus does a good job with. Do that. you think uh, Apple TV Plus is quickly on the rise, becoming one of the better streaming services? They've got the money. They've I've got, got all the money. I I started watching that prehistoric show, mm-hmm. um, and that show looks absolutely fantastic. Um, visually, and uh, yeah, it's just Apple TV is killing it. I haven't seen a single bad thing on it. You know what? I, you know that other show I heard was really, really good. It was all, it's the alternate history of the the uh, space landing. If the oh, Russians yeah. had got there first, I heard that's really, really good. I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's got the guy who was Doctor Manhattan and Watchmen. Oh, what the fuck's his name? Yeah, um, I can't remember his name, but here that's good. Um, the other thing that I watched this week that I've been trying to talk you into watching for a couple of years now, um, WWE Most Wanted Treasures came back for season two. The uh, first four episodes had aired already um, before I started watching it this week. Um, the reason I like this show, it's it's done by A and E, but it's because A and E is of course famous for doing the biographies back in the day. They used to have the A and E biographies aired yep. every Sunday. Um, and they had that uh, awesome like history of wrestling um, yep, that, I, that was on after uh, WrestleMania 14. Yeah. Um, so I'd always watch that after I watched WrestleMania 14, which was often back then. So yeah. Yep. Uh, so they so they do a good production on this. It reminds me a lot. If I was to compare it to, it'd be like Star Wars meets 
Pawn Stars, Miso's WWE biographies. Um, but the production is great. It's probably one of the best produced WWE projects outside of wrestling. Um, but it's hosted by Booker T, Mick Foley, and Lita. Um, and they go around the country trying to find artifacts to put in the WWE warehouse of stuff that's gone missing uh, from uh, different wrestlers of the different eras. Um, yep. And they eventually want to have a brick-and-mortar Hall of Fame uh, display these artifacts. I know they're building a new uh, WWE headquarters in Stanford, but I don't know when that's going to be built. And they want to have some sort of a brick-and-mortar Hall of Fame where they can display these permanently. They do, they do take it on the road. If you go to WrestleMania or Royal Rumbles um, and you go to the Access or you go before the show, they do have them on display, but... Um, first episode was Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they're trying to find the iconic knee brace that he used to wear when he wrestled. Um, they're trying to find the original Smoking Skull belt. Um, you find out a little bit of history of that. It was Hawk and, Hawk and Animal's idea, because um, he was just so over at the time. They said, we should have yep. your own belt. Um, they're trying to find the IC belt. Uh, uh, Steamboat had that. Um, he actually ended up keeping the belt after he broke his neck. It's the one that The Rock ended up throwing in the river, and then they changed the belt design. But it was it was the it was a um, it was a fake one they threw in the river, and this is the yep, real one that he obviously. ended up keeping. Yeah, um, and they also show the Corvette that was filled with cement in the very first RAW that I ever ever watched. It's sitting <laughs> nice. it's, sit, it's sitting permanently in a parking lot behind the headquarters uh, warehouse. It's amazing to see it because it's it's filled <laughs> it's filled with the cement. It's all hardened, and they can't do anything. They can't even move it. They can't. It's just sitting in a parking lot with a tarp over it. But they showed it on the episode. Uh, episode two was DX. Um, you see, the it's all pretty much focused on the WCW Invasion Jeep, trying to find that. Yep. Um, you see, Road Dogg's uh, tag team title, the original belt from the '80s and '90s. Uh, he ended up keeping it. Um, and they're trying to find some iconic stuff from China. It's a very uh, uh, Xbox going in, talking to Joni's sister, and uh, trying to find some stuff, see some unseen foot uh, uh, photographs from her. So that was a cool episode. Episode 3 was Macho Man. Um, they find a Mega Powers robe from the Mega Powers era. Yep. Um, the crown and spec, uh, spec, uh, scepter from uh, when he became the king. Um, and Lanny Poffo, in his very last thing he ever recorded, um, did a lot of auth auth authentication, authenticate, however you say the word. Um, Authenticate. Yeah, that's sure. That's it. <laughs> of the, of these materials. And uh, like I said, this is his last time being on TV. See, I think he died this year, so... Yeah. Um, and episode four I watched last night was Bret Hart. Bret still hates Hogan and Warrior. He can't every interview <laughs> he's in, he can't he can't resist to bash them in some little little very well, small quipe. I can't complain. I mean, the Warrior is dead, but you know. Yeah. Whatever. But he's trying to find his Hart Foundation tag team jackets, um, a Hitman jacket from 1992. All of the, the other the interesting thing about that episode was all of his stuff was stolen, and he had it in a tote in his basement. And he kept it there a long, long time, and then all of a sudden he realized the tote was missing. So it was all stolen from him. So he has no, he has really no part of his wrestling career or any, any, um, any, uh, anything from it. So a lot of people have gone in the market and gone to sell. So it's a good show. Um, it's not on any streaming services, I believe. I think you can watch on aandecom um, okay. All the episodes um, I've I've downloaded them on iTunes. So I just I want to have an archive of them because they are really good. Um, first season is pretty good too. It's, it's uh, hosted by one of the guys in the Hit Hit Squad or Hit whatever the hell that one the new tag team there. Um, 
But yeah, it's good. Um, and you wanted to bring up a movie that I saw a trailer for a while ago that actually looked interesting. Yes, Saisu. Um, yeah, Saisu. Yeah, um, this movie is an hour and a half with credits, so it's probably, what, hour 23, 24, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of John Wick in 1944. The guy is a retired uh, soldier for the Finland Army, and his family was taken out by the Russians, and he single-handedly killed like 300 Russians, mm-hmm. and the Russians gave him a nickname, very John Wickian, that basically means the unkillable. And he's uh, mining for gold, gets a bunch of it, and starts walking to the bank, um, which is hundreds of miles away, mm-hmm. and runs into some Nazi soldiers, and one by one, takes out groups of Nazi soldiers. This one guy um, is basically told to go back. He is a command by his commander because there's no way that uh, they can kill this guy. Um, but that just makes him want to go kill him more. So he basically just chases him throughout parts of Europe for an hour and 20 minutes. And it's brutal. It's very entertaining. It's a quick watch. It's kind of like John Wick Light. Um, because it's not as good as the John Wick movies, but uh, it's excellent. Uh, the issue is the best kills were all in the Red Band trailer. Like okay. uh, it's like the first scene you you see him kill people in, and um, that kind of sucks. But the whole movie is pretty damn good and uh, very entertaining. Yeah, I didn't want I did want to see it. It looked good. Um, I know we saw the trailer in front of something in the movie theater. Uh, John Wick Four. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Um. And the other movie I watched this week, you watched it a few weeks ago, was Air. Um, the yes. Nike, the Nike story. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, fucking cat. Um, great eighties nostalgia montage at the beginning was great, showing the eighties, um, putting putting you in that world. Um, Adidas are Nazis. I thought that was great. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is this is directed by, written by Ben Affleck. Um, he stars in it along with what's everyone. His name? Jason Damon. Bateman, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of people in this movie. Chris, Chris Tucker. Yeah, um, Chris Tucker, who's awesome in it. He's excellent. Yeah. Um, standout for me was Chris Messina. I've seen him in a few things. He was Zazic yep. in. Uh, he was awesome. In uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. He, he plays Zazic. Um, but he played Jordan's agent, David Falk, who I've never even heard of. Didn't yep. know who this guy that was, was. the uh, part of the movie I told you that kind of felt like Moneyball. Is yes. when they were negotiating all that stuff. Um, yeah. That was like the Moneyball aspect of it. It was a great scene. There's a great scene in the middle. That's great. Um, soundtrack they like, just is... make a deal and they're both like, fuck you, fuck you. And they hang up yep. <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, soundtrack is incredible. A lot of great 80s songs. Um, <clears throat> great great decision to not show Jordan's face only his profile in the whole entire movie kind of puts the focus on the shoes not yeah. not the star um, it was a great uh, I, it makes me want to see the uh, Jordan documentary now I don't know oh, how yeah, the Netflix that, one it's yeah. awesome yeah. it's um, very good and you wrote a question on there or did I wrote that where do we rank Ben Affleck as a director yeah. um, I've only the only one I haven't seen from him is Gone Baby Gone Oh, really? Um, I hear, I hear oh, that good. movie is so good. I think you have I it on your voodoo. I do. It is fan-fucking-tastic. Um, for me, I love The Town. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like I didn't like Argo, and that's probably I didn't like one, it as much as people liked it. That's the one movie that everybody says is his. That, and he did one more that wasn't great. 
But for me, I think he's easily top seven. Yeah. Um, he also makes like, like I have Nolan above him. Um, yeah, definitely. Tarantino. He's still technically a working Spielberg. director. Spielberg, of course. Um, but his movies are just all very good. Like they're fun. You can rewatch them. Uh, Gone Baby Gone is one of my favorite movies of the 2010s. Um, it's up there with Social Network. Um, so yeah, I think he's a fantastic director. I might even put him in my top five, probably around five, um, because I just think he's really good at his job, and it also puts the emphasis on how much it would have been, how awesome it would have been if we got oh. a Batman movie with him. Yeah. He would have, he would have done that character so much justice. And just it like, would have been absolutely insane. It would have been two hours of just fighting and just a great story. Yeah. Just like he brought us into the 80s so well in air, imagine mm. if he had brought us into Gotham the same exact way. Oh, exactly. You would have, you would have felt like you were in Gotham. Yeah. I felt yeah. like I was in the 80s the whole time I was watching that movie. Yep, so. but it was so... It, the nostalgia was done so well. The soundtrack is absolutely insane. Yeah, um, yeah the movie, it's, it's good. It's very good. What, uh, what would you give it as a pineapple score? I think I gave it a four. Yeah, that's why I'm giving it a four. Okay. Yeah. yeah I either give it a four or four and a half. Yeah. But I think it's still my favorite movie on the year, potentially. Of this year? Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, Super, Mario, Super Mario was great. Yeah. But I could I see know. myself. I've watched Super Mario three times now because um, mm. I did watch it again this week. It came out. Um, and then I put it on in the background when I was doing some other stuff the other day. Um, but yeah, I think this might be my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of good movies coming up, so this will probably end oh. up in my top ten. But we'll see. And a lot, of, and a lot of the movies highly anticipated coming out in the next month. We'll yeah, talk about. exactly. It's like uh, every weekend. Yep. Uh, so that's what we watched. So let's get into the news. Sad news out of Hollywood this week: Ray Stevenson. Uh, he was in Punisher Warzone. He was in the Thor movies. He played Volstagg, I think, and he's also going to be in. He's going to be in Ahsoka, Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, he's going to be playing some sort of a Jedi with a lightsaber. Um, he died this week. No, no release on the cause. He was 58 years old. Um, you, if you, if you saw him, you know exactly who he is. He's in a lot of stuff. Um, he's an Irish actor. Um, so yeah, Ray Stevenson. Yep. Gone. He's uh, he was awesome in uh, season seven of Dexter. Yeah, you told um, me that. As yeah. he was kind of a bad guy, but not really. He ends up not being a bad guy. Um, he's just awesome, and I always wanted to see him, like in a James Bond type movie as a villain. Um, yeah, he was awesome in Warzone Punisher. Uh, R.I.P. He's gonna be missed, and he looks so badass in Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. He does. He looks amazing in the trailer. Um, sadly, that'll be his last role. Um, what's your thought of Jensen Ackles, Ackles playing uh, James Gunn's Batman? I saw that going I, on the internet. I like Jensen Ackles a lot. Me too. Um, so I'd be okay. And that's someone that's never seen an episode of Supernatural. Um, but I like him in pretty much everything he's done. First first time I ever saw him was in a character arc in a whole entire season of Smallville. Maybe season three or four. Yep. Who was um, he? I don't remember, but he ended up being the villain. Spoiler. Oh, okay. Um, towards the end. My, but My brother-in-law... Uh, Ran into him at a comic shop in Virginia, like oh nice, five or six years ago, I guess, and talked to him for a while. But if he played Batman, he would be a grizzled Batman, kind of like Affleck. So yeah, I mean. and you need that for what's going to happen, where he has to take in Damien, and oh, yeah. that dynamic yeah, right. is going right. to be great. Um, so I would absolutely love him okay. as 
Um, and the other one I heard, I don't think it's true, is that uh, fucking karate guy, I can't think of his name right now, he does a lot of Netflix stuff. But everyone's talking about him needing a big break and he'd be a great Batman. He's about the same age as Ackles, so. Um, but I would love Ackles as, as Batman. Geek Blurb officially endorses him as our Batman. Our next mm-hmm. Batman. Um, James Gunn listed his favorite comic book movies. Um, odd that he listed one of the movies that we're going to review this week. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one. Fitting Superman the movie is also yep. one. Um, History of Violence, great fucking movie. It is. Um, I, I saw the list and I ended up acquiring it, so I got to watch it soon. Um, old Boy, which I know you love. Oh my god, the original. That, he's talking the about original. the Japanese Old Boy, not yep, the one with uh, yep. Thanos in it. But I like both versions. And Deadpool, which is yes. obvious. Yeah. Um, Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy Volume 3. Um, visual effects artists confirmed that um, the High Evolutionary's fate, which was, you kind of thought at the end of the movie, spoiler, skip yep. the next 10 seconds, you thought he died in an explosion at the end. Um, but the, uh, the rumor and the deleted scene talk, I-, I guess the actor who played him also talked about that he survived and Drax carried him off the ship. Um, kind of sets off a, I don't think it'll be canon at all, um, but it's possible that, um, the High Evolutionary could have survived. So we'll see. He's a great character. Nobody wants to see him go because he's such a great villain. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, especially because the MCU doesn't always nail the villains. Um, and the only reason why I didn't put this above air is I've only seen it once. Um, I've seen air twice, Mario a few times. So that's, I mean, I can't judge it off one experience. I got to make sure it holds up a little bit. Um, The Flash comes out in a few weeks. Just just uh, yes. got our tickets. Um, director just announced the movie's uh, most shocking cameo. The director of The Flash, a month before yes. release, talked about the most shocking cameo in a Variety article. Confirmed it. It was all over the internet, so of course I was spoiled. I yep. warned you, and you were spoiled about and an hour later. Usually, <laughs> usually I avoid all spoilers, but uh, it was wide out. Wide. Yeah, open. it was like. Like, I think it was, like, front-page news type stuff. Yep. Um, now, my question for you is, does hearing something like this, or we saw with Kavil, make you more interested in seeing the film, or does it not really have any effect on your expectations? The thing is... Because I have heard he doesn't speak. He's just shown for, like, a brief second. Yeah, we're not going like, we're not, we're not to bring it up who it is or what right. it is, because it's huge. I mean, this yeah. is a... Something that we've talked about on this show before. Yep. I, I told you in, a te- in our text thread... That when this movie comes out, we may need an hour-long sh- episode just on the review of The Flash. Yep. Because all the Easter eggs that are going to be in this. Because we kind of already knew that there's going to be a lot of multiverse fuckery going on. And what's going to happen with this character is connected to something that we've reviewed in the past. Talked about in the past. Something that has been around in the lexicon of... Mar- in WB without talking about it too much for about 25 years um, connected to the Batman universe Tim Burton's Tim yeah without yep. getting too much away and uh, yeah it's 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 gonna be awesome we got our tickets uh, only tracking to be 70 million dollars opening weekend um, it's still three weeks out there's some big movies coming up before it um, also I think even if it gets Around 100, it'll be a very big success for WB, the way things have been going. It's also was confusing on when the tickets went on sale, too, because they were listed right. on Fandango for a long, long time. Yes, but they didn't and the actually go on, 
Yep, and they didn't actually go on sale until Tuesday. Tuesday. I think they're. I think they were on there almost a week ahead of time. Um, mm-hmm. Probably kept trying. They kept giving us a uh, yeah. uh, error message. Yeah, but they went on sale on Tuesday at, at noon, so I ended up getting them. But I can't wait. I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope there's a lot of cool reveals like that one spoiler we we just mentioned. But um, yeah, we'll see. A um, little bit of Disney talk. They're trying to do some damage control on Jonathan Majors. Um, didn't mention it last week because I forgot to, but um, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania is on Disney Plus now. In all the promotion of that movie on Disney Plus, there's no mention, no picture, nothing of Jonathan Majors. Even in the in the detail of the of the movie and the little paragraph they put on Disney Plus before you watch the movie, um, all it says is Hope and Scott go into the a new realm to try to save the multiverse or some bullshit yep. like that. No mention of Kang at all. No mention of meeting a new foe or nothing like that. So they're they're completely trying. Who knows to, if they're even removing some of his scenes from Loki, because he won't be any of the marking of that either, or retconning it or whatever. Yep. But yeah, there's a, there's a mess that they got to clean up. So, um, and they also it also came out in a there's a there's a lady who wrote a Marvel Studios book, um, and she's talking about what happened when when Jonathan Majors became Kang or the he who remained in Loki, and how it blew everyone at Marvel away. So they they did a immediate 360 and decided to use his acting prowess to change the plans of Phase Four, uh, Phase Five, and Six, and make him the focus of it. Um, and that wasn't the plan beforehand. I don't know what the plan was before that, but right. Um, but yeah, it was all built off of Jonathan Major's performance and how much they loved it in Loki and in his performance in Quantum Mania. Um, yeah, we're we're a couple of years, especially with the writer strike, until we know what's going on. Um, yep. The other thing I was just thinking, Writer Strike going on, this could put a lot of problems in San Diego Comic Con, which we're expecting some news coming out of it. We may not get any news because if they're if they don't want to cross the picket line, because they're not only not only not doing um, movies and TV shows, they're not doing any promotion for anything because they don't want to they don't want to be what do they call them uh, uh, scrubs? What do they call them scabs? If they cross yeah, the picket line, something, something like that, like that yeah. They don't want to do any of that, so they're trying to avoid it. Joining the picket, picket lines, joining the writers in their fight to get what they're duly deserved. So, um, speaking of the writer strike, Deadpool three finally began filming this week. Um, amid the writer strike, the problem we mentioned, yep. I think, last week, is that Ryan Reynolds will not be allowed to improvise any lines during production because of a deal that the writers had. Um, they have to follow the script to the letter. Um, Which could hurt this movie because that's hurt the movie typically the best stuff. The other, the other thing, the other thing is he's wearing a mask ninety percent of the time. They could always ADR later. Yes, and that and that could work, and that maybe that's yep. the plan as well. Yeah, it's it's a fucked up mess. I think this will be the next thing to get delayed, unfortunately, because. Also, before I get into that, um, Hugh Jackman arrived on set, has the iconic Wolverine beard. He grew back again, posted on Instagram. Thunderbolts and Wonder Man paused production this week. Um, Post-writer strike, they are not going to be in production until the writer strike is over, over, which sucks because Thunderbolts looks amazing, sounds amazing. And and Wonder Man, I'm excited for that as well. Um, and, And the speculation is Deadpool 3 may be the next one. We'll have to wait and see. 
Um, it all depends because they're picketing like crazy out there. And when they pick it, when they pick it a movie, they don't want to cross the picket line. So it just sucks. It sucks, and I just hope they come up with a deal sooner rather than later. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is advising any new MCU actor to come in to sign on for only one project at a time. That way you have more control. Makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, you sign up for a... Well, it makes perfect sense in one way. In, in another way, it doesn't for the MCU, but I'll get into right, that in a second. Right, because they killed Quicksilver. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you have more control of your contract. You can, you can negotiate because they want you to come back. The downside is they can also recast you if, you're, if your ask is way too much. Edward Norton. Or Don Cheadle, Brody. John Cheadle, yeah. Brody, yes. Yeah. So yeah, and it's also worked. The, the multi, the multi, um, multi movie thing has worked great for Marvel because from the very beginning of Marvel, you had Iron Man. From the very beginning, ten years, eleven years later, you had Iron Man. No change in actors except for the couple that we mentioned, but. Um, for the most part, I mean, it's, the, the acting, the actors stayed the same, unless something traumatic happened or something behind the scenes happened where they had to leave or they left for money reasons, like uh, what's his name. But yeah, um, sideshow collect collectibles are skipping San Diego Comic Con, yeah. um, which is pretty pretty br big because sideshow is a huge huge promoter there. Um, have mm -hmm. great looking figures. They have a huge booth. It's like probably one of the biggest booths at San Diego Comic Con. With all the figures, that's always the one uh, during the previews. Uh, the first couple of days, it's always the ones I'm looking for because it's all the new figures they haven't released yet. Um, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know what that's all about. Maybe it has something to do with the writer strike as well. Maybe they're not expecting a big turnout. I don't know, but we'll have to wait yeah. and see. Um, I don't know if you heard about this. I was going to get the audio clip, but I didn't get it. Um, David Zazoff was at yes. Boston University commencement. Uh, he was the. Uh, I heard the audio of it. You did hear the audio of it. Yeah. But he was doing his the speech. The Snyder board had it. <laughs> oh, of course they did, yeah. But he was doing his speech there. He's, of course, the uh, boss of Warner Brothers Discovery. And um, as he was doing his speech, people in the audience started to yell at him, pay your writers, pay your writers. They were chanting it to him. The audio was amazing, him trying to do his speech during this is when this is going on. But, yeah, it's a big mess in Hollywood right now. Um, Last of Us Season 2 was targeted for a 2025 debut before the strike. Um, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, I think we mentioned before that they're going to do auditions over the video game, so they don't have to worry about the, the writing any new dialogue, which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah. Um, Lionsgate confirmed that John Wick 5 is an early development, which is pr right now early, early development because of the yep. strike. So that's amazing to hear. Um, Terminator, James Gunn reportedly, uh, James Gunn, James Cameron reportedly starting writing the script for the new installment. Why? Um, just show us the war. If you're going to do anything, show us the goddamn war. Don't start off with the war and then cancel it and reboot it like they did before. Show yeah. us the entire war or just do the entire war in one movie. Just don't go back to the drawing board. A lot, a lot of people are excited because he's taking a hand hands-on approach again to it. Um, but he was at a Dell Tech World conference this week and he talked about how he, he started writing it. But he wants to see how AI shakes out before he goes any further. Yep. I think that's kind of a smart idea. I mean, give it yeah. a couple of years, see how that And I'm sure, out. like, Avatar stuff is already written. He just has to shoot it. So he's not going to be yep. directing the Terminator movie. He right. probably has somebody that'll... Or even if he just doesn't even write it, like, he'll be doing the story, like, uh, Zack Snyder did for Wonder Woman 1. Um, but he'll be overseeing that. So that's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, the last couple movies, he just kind of endorsed. Um, so we'll see. 
In streaming news, Netflix announced their paid unauthorized password sharing options this week. Who gives a fuck? Seven ninety well, seven ninety nine a month for extra to add an extra user that's outside of your home. I'm just gonna leave this here as a notification to maybe another podcaster on the other side of the microphone who may or may not share a Netflix password with another podcaster on the other side of the microphone. That Netflix is going to probably be canceled. <laughs> oh yeah, because I don't watch. I I barely watch Netflix. I've I watched it for Stranger in Things once this year. Yeah, for. I've watched it once this year, and that was for Seinfeld. I watched like one night. Sadly, they've lost all the IP that made them popular. The yep. Office, Seinfeld. Is Seinfeld still on there? Yeah, they're new to they're new to Netflix. They still have like another year or two. Okay. okay. Um, they were on Hulu first, and they went to That's Netflix two years ago. Okay. Um, but like not just like The Office and stuff. They also lost all their rights because everyone else started a streaming service. Right. Because they used to have rights to, like, basically anything that was on Stars, um, Showtime stuff. I think Dexter is no longer on it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've real. lost... I mean, they still, they'll still they probably keep stuff like uh, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. Better Call Saul, stuff like that. But um, for the most part, they've lost it because the other networks that have streaming networks um, and apps, they just took all their IP back once the contracts ran out. Yeah. And a lot of those aren't rewatchable. I mean, you've watched, you've watched Breaking Bad a lot. Yeah, gone back and watched it, but for for me, a lot of those. But I also have it digitally, so yes. Um, like right now, I'm watching Sons of Anarchy, which used to be on Netflix, but because FX has a deal with Hulu, which is basically their streaming service, all of us on Hulu, so I just watch it there now. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of the stuff they have left is not rewatchable. Like even something like Stranger mm. Things, a great show, but you don't go back and watch that. Yeah, um, I haven't. There's not a single like even their documentaries are all really good. Right, but I've never time, wanted to go back and watch them. One time, one deal type of deal yep. type of thing. Um, the one thing I w- used to watch on there, I was just talking to somebody this week about it, was The Office. I used to watch it, yep. had it on all night long. I hit I hit the re- the replay button. I'd watch it. It'd be on constantly in my house. Uh, Ten years ago. Yeah. Um, now it's and on Friends was Peacock. big also at the time. Friend, Friends yep. was big too. Um, Parks to Rec, all that stuff's on Peacock now. Um, so yeah, or HBO Max, which is another great service. Yeah, um, that's which, probably my favorite. Which we'll get into is not HBO Max anymore. It is officially no, they now. They dropped what Max. names? They dropped everything you wanted about like why they well, call HBO. I'll, I'll tell uh, you. Why. I'll tell you why. It's awful. Um, they 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 debuted this week to a couple of bugs um, for Apple TV users like ourselves. Um, they got rid of the uh, video player, the Apple TV video player. So there's their own their own native uh, or their own kind of video player on the platform, which doesn't really bother me as much. Um, the, pro- the reason why they changed their name to Max, if you were to say, oh, I watched Game of Thrones on HBO, that's pretty cool, right? Or I've watched uh, Harry Potter on HBO. I watched Celebrity House Hunters on HBO. That's kind of odd. Or I watched uh, My Lottery Winning Lifestyle, or whatever the hell show they have on the Discovery channels that are newly on there now. There's, I think, 40,000 new shows, new hours of, of material on HBO Max or Max now. It makes sense to change the name to Max for that reason, but you but losing the name HBO is a... HBO is a very significant name. Significant um, name. 
Yes. Like, would people attach quality to the name HBO? Yes, exactly. Uh, that's why it's, to me, it's still a dumb idea. HBO Max was fine. Just leave it at that if you want. Um, or something like that. I don't know. I mean, just the name HBO is synonymous with, with great quality. Yeah. And always has been. And Max is just so stupid because it's close to Cinemax. It's close. To, it's close to. It's just stupid. Mm. It, it's really dumb. But it makes sense to change the name. I think it could have been changed to something a little bit better, so they don't have it related to all the Discovery stuff too. Cause, I mean, yeah. HBO, home of Ninety Day Fiance. It would have been. It's just. It's just weird to say yeah. that. I think that's why they wanted something that wasn't so connected to everything, or and something that was wasn't connected to HBO. But I don't know. Um, they also added avatars to HBO when you sign up. Didn't on. they have those before? I don't know what they added or, or, or what they had before. I don't think they did. Um, but I, of course, added Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm. They came out with a whole bunch of Justice League ones, a whole bunch of DC ones, from Titans, from Justice League Unlimited. Yep, mine's and, Red Hood. And Justice League from Zack Snyder. One, <laughs> the one person missing was Ray Fisher's cyborg. Quick stab in the knife right before it's all over. But he's back. He was only missing for like six hours. Oh, he was back? Yeah. Yeah, because that was the first thing I checked because I was at work and saw the uh, noise on Twitter. So Uh, it was either somebody doctored it or that they just updated it within those six hours since I saw it. It definitely definitely wasn't on there because I looked through through when I first did it. Oh, you did? Okay. Because you did Yeah, Yeah, so you did it in the afternoon because I asked you, yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. They added it and yeah. So PlayStation, last thing, last thing in the day, PlayStation had their little thing, little uh, conference they had in the middle of the week. Talked about new products, new games. Um, they're coming out with a new piece of hardware called Project Q. It's a handheld gaming device. Kind of reminds me a lot of the Stream Deck. Um, it looks like a PS4 controller that was split in half with a screen in the middle. On it looks like yeah. a OLED screen, um, and you can stream. So it's Switch. Yeah, pretty much. But you can stream the games from the PS5 on the handheld, all the games, except they for the VR. The price? It's just the beginning stages of it, so oh, okay. nothing, no new news other than that, other than the picture of it. Um, but it's basically, like I said, it's a PS5 controller split in half. Instead of a little trackpad in the middle, it's a big screen. It's like a Switch, exactly. I wonder like if it'll Switch. come with the dock and stuff, too. I pro- I'm sure it will. I'm sure it'll be all included. But um, They announced a new Assassin's Creed game. Which looks a lot like a sequel to the the uh, original Assassin's Creed. It's set in mm-hmm. um, it's set in. Uh, in it's time to reboot that franchise with proper Mar- graphics and stuff yep. now. It's called the Mirage, just like they're um, doing with Mortal Kombat. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's that looks amazing. But the big thing that they announced last week, what the, yep. this, this what past we care week, about the most, what we care about, the whole reason this episode pivoted to a Spider-Man ending was Spider-Man 2 on PS5, which we've been speculating is going to be Venom because he was in the first trailer. Very first thing you see is the black-suited Spider-Man, which is fucking amazing. Yep. Seeing his powers, seeing the symbiote attacking attacking characters, seeing the aggression of Peter Parker played out in this game, it is everything I ever hoped for for a Spider-Man game. Everything, a lifelong dream come true from the very first time I saw the uh, Black Suit Saga on the animated series in 1994 on Fox. It was amazing. Very beginning of the episode, you see Kraven the Hunter. It's an epic reveal. Um, and also, the other news of this is 
it will be expanded. The map will be expanded yep. beyond Manhattan into the all the other bureau, boroughs of New York City. And the first time this you realize awesome. that, the first time you realize that they're going to Queens to the Kurt Connors, the Lizard's home. And you see the lizard. You see him fighting the lizard in this 10, 12-minute trailer. It's fucking yep. amazing. And you see the symbiote. You see the attitude change in Peter Parker. You see him getting angry. You see him destroying fucking bad guys. You see the alien suit mechanics, which is just incredible. The webbing and the tendrils looks amazing. Um, the gameplay, the characters are switchable back and forth between him and, and Miles and, and during gameplay. Oh, and the water chase scene in this, when they're going through the water and they're trying to, they also have this new wing ability. Wings go underneath their arms, they're able to glide, and it looks amazing. Um, God, this fucking game, it's inc- it looks incredible. I <laughs> yeah, can't wait I can't for wait. it. You have um, to uh, play Miles still, right? Have you played through Miles Morales I, I, haven't, I haven't played through Miles. Um, okay. Getting into video games a little bit more now, so I'm, I'm hoping to get into that. I love the uh, Miles came with the digital copy of an upgraded uh, Spider-Man game, and it looks awesome. Also, um, so I cannot wait for this. Um, so that brings us to the movie that we're going to review. Give it a proper pineapple score. Came out a couple of years ago. I didn't write the year. I think it was like 2018, 2018, 2017. Yeah, something 18. like that. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. My favorite comic book movie of 2018, and yep. that was, uh, and that was the year of Infinity In- War. Infinity War. Yep. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um. Sony decided to do an animated Spider-Man because they own the rights. They gave the rights to Marvel to do, um, of course, Homecoming, yep. Far From Home. So they decided to start their own animated version of Spider-Man with Miles Morales, who is a star of this. Yep. Um, the animation style is very different from everything that we've ever seen. Um, of course, it's been replicated for everything. The new Ninja Turtles yeah. movie that comes out this summer is going to be copying yep. the style to a T. Yep. Um, you see Brooklyn, you feel it's grit, you feel you feel the the down down underground of Brooklyn and the sewers and you feel you feel yep. Brooklyn in it, this. It looks like a uh, comic book come to life. Yeah. Um that's why point? it's one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Um, like it puts you into a comic book, um, which is just great. The point where you see Miles, he gets bitten by the spider, and you yep. see his inner dialogue, and it comes out in inner dialogue boxes from a comic book. That's yeah. how you see him talking. That's amazing. It reminds me of uh, on YouTube. I will sometimes watch like they do like sometimes they'll even do voice actors, but it'll basically like panel by panel of certain comics. Yeah, um, they're a good watch. They're like hour half, two hours, and uh, it basically reminded me of that just come to life on the big screen. Yeah, um, a very interesting new story, um, and it's all about the Spider Verse. Different Spider-Mans from different Spider-Verse coming to play, coming into... Because Kingpin has made this big, huge collider that is breaking open the universe, the multiverse. And Miles Morales, played by Shamik Moore, um, he was in a movie. I can't remember the name of it. It was a really good movie. Um, I don't remember what it was. Was he one of those guys in the movie The Wood? No, no, no. He's a young kid. He's That was a long time ago. He's in his early 20s, I think, at the time. I don't know what he is now. but um, In his world... He is. He lives in Brooklyn. Spider-Man is in this. He's played by Chris Pine. In the very beginning of the movie, Spider-Man dies. Yep. Spoiler. And Chris Pine plays the voice of him. Um, very generic, very generic, very regular Spider-Man. Um, he is a celebrity. He's been around for a while. Um, you find out that he's married to Mary Jane. They have a son. They have kids. Um, 
and you see the sadness which when when he dies you see how what would happen to this family when they when they find when the whole entire world finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yep. Very interesting take on it. Um but then the universes open up and other Spider-Man come into this universe and Miles gets bitten by a radioactive spider that looks like it came out of a multi different multiverses. So he has this he has this weird power dynamic that comes to him. He ends up getting invisibility powers. He ends up um he ends up having electricity powers. Did he have it in... I know he did in the game. Did he have it in, the, in this? I didn't end up finishing the movie. Did he have the electricity powers in, in the movie? Yes. Okay. I want to so say he, yes. Yeah, but he, or but I might big, be just remembering it from the game, but I'm pretty sure he did. If not, he'll probably have it in the second one. He probably will, yeah. But he ends up having... The big thing is he gets invisible. He, become, he becomes like camouflage. Um... But you you meet another Peter Parker from another universe, played by Jake Johnson. If you ever seen New Girl, he's in he's in New Girl. Um, Peter B. Parker. He's so same, awesome. He's 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 a basic same old Spider Man, but he's older. He's been he's been more seasoned as a as a as a Spider Man in his universe. Um, he's got a five o'clock shadow. He wears his he he wear he wears his suit, but he doesn't wear his mask. He wears a jacket over it. It's kind of a eh. Lazy Spider-Man, you would say, a little bit of a beer gut too, beer, or soda gut, whatever you want to call it. But um, the other big reveal is Spider Gwen, played by Haley Steinfeld. If you've seen Hawkeye, um, yep. she's in that. Um, Haley Haley Steinfeld plays a great Spider Gwen in this. Does a, they do a great job with that? Um, Peter Porker, aka Spider Ham, John Mulaney does the voice. Spider What's, What's cool about him is his weapons of choice are Acme WB weapons to the point where they even do a WB joke when he says that that's all folks. And he said, are we allowed to use that? Um, Spider-Man Noir, epically played by Nicolas Cage. Um, not much to say there. Uh, they want to do a sp spinoff because of Nick Cage. So obvious, obvious choice for that. Yep. Penny, Penny Parker comes from the year 3145. She is almost like an anime version of Spider Spider Man, Little Spider Girl, I guess. Um, but she doesn't have the power. She's just she's just very smart, and there's a little spider that controls a robot. It's weird. It's a weird weird take on Spider Man, and she controls the robots. It's a big, huge, giant spider. Um, Jefferson Davis, who plays Miles' father, is done by Brian Tyree Henry, his paper boy. Um, Kingpin Liev Schreiber. Um, he, he has Mahenshman, Green Goblin, Tombstone, Scorpion. They're all yep. there. Dr. Olivia Octavius. Yes. Which is a great reveal. When she, yep. You end up finding out she's Doc Ock in this, played by Catherine Hahn, uh, of course, is, uh, who is uh, Agatha Harkness in uh, WandaVision. Um, and the Prowler, Uncle Aaron, Miles' mm -hmm. Uncle Aaron, played by Marshall Ali. Yes. Who is Potentially amazing. could be Blade. Who could be Blade if they ever do that movie. The writer's um, strike is screwing it. The pandemic screwed it. There, that whole thing is doomed. It's, it's but cursed. go on. Um, but the story is basically them trying to get back home, trying to stop the Kingpin from getting into the multiverse and changing things that happen in his own life. Um, and yeah, and, and also Miles finding himself becoming Spider-Man. Um, Great introduction to the character. When I didn't really know much about him before the movie. Uh, I didn't yep. read any of the Spider-Man Miles Morales comic books. It was fairly new at the time, four or five years in. Yeah, I think it only... Miles was created in the... 2012? 2000s, right? 
Yeah, I'm not, okay, I'm yeah, not really so sure. Yeah, I don't think I've ever read Miles either. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that are a fan of him, and hopefully in the trilogy with uh, Tom Holland, they can bring him in uh, and get him going to the MCU. Um, Lily Tomlin played Aunt May. Mary Jane was played by Zoe Kravitz. Um, one of the last Stan Lee cameos was in this mm-hmm. as well. He played an animated version of himself for Ray in a comic book store, fittingly. Um, and post credit scene. Spider-Man mm. 2099. If you're a 90s comic book fan, you recognize that Spider-Man 2099 anywhere. Voiced by Hollywood sweetheart Oscar Isaac. And of course, this sets up the sequel that we're going to watch next week, hopefully. We haven't even talked about it off pod, but Oscar Isaac coming back to play Spider-Man 2099 is kind of the antagonist, sort of. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the bad guy, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, this movie's great. Fucking great. And yeah, like you mentioned, it's the best way of bringing a comic book onto screen by far. Yep. It looks like a comic book on screen. An absolute masterpiece as far as that's concerned so before we do a little bit of speculation on what the sequel is going to be what are we going to give this for a score oh it's uh five all day for me four and a half Uh, for me there is seven comic book movies i would give a five and this is one of them it's on my mountain rushmore i absolutely love this film i've seen it like i said probably to you like maybe 20 times um it came out, or when I watched it, because I didn't see it in theater, I just kind of skipped it. And I think I watched it for the first time right before the pandemic or whenever it came out on digital. Mm-hmm. Um, Might have been like a year before the pandemic. Um, but, yeah, I watched it a ton during the pandemic because it was fun. It was a, It's a fun movie. I love the character of Miles Morales. Um, I went on to play the video game, and I loved him in that also. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I could see why you would say four and a half. Um and I cannot wait for the next one. The reason uh, why, week. yeah, the reason why I have it four and a half. Everyone is saying that the next one is a masterpiece. That is the yes. exact quote that every. There's a couple of trusted reviewers who have seen it that I listen to every week yeah. or every other week, who have said it's a fucking masterpiece. And that that's a that's a high bar, of course. But I don't want to put this movie at a five and have. What am I going to put the next movie if it's better? It could easily I mean, be a five. Also, you can have multiple fives. It would be a six if it was better. I mean, if it's a better movie. No, it could still be in the same range. Easily. You can't just have one movie at every thing. Otherwise, because like, if you have a bunch of fours, then you'll probably like some more than the others. And I think the animation will get better, too, going forward. It's kind of the infancy of this style of animation as well. Um, there's a couple of problems I had with it. A lot of the fuzzy... Um, when they when they zoom into a character and you see the characters in the background, they get fuzzy. It's kind of a weird animation style. It's hard to get used to. Um, it's not that I'm complaining about it. It's just it's it's, it's a little gripe that I had with it. Um, other than that, it's a great movie. Great fucking movie. Um, so that brings us into where does the next movie go? And it also brings us into where does the MCU go from here? We are we already already know what happened in No Way Home. All yep. the Spider-Man in the live action came together, defeated defeated all the villains, and Tom Holland lost his memory. Or sorry, Tom Holland and the rest of the world lost the memory of him being Spider-Man. Who he is? Yeah. Who he is and who he is actually as a person. Nobody knows who Peter Parker is to the point where all of his friends don't Except know who he is. Except for maybe cosmically. Yeah, except for cosmically, maybe. So, 
Captain Marvel might remember him. I don't remember how much interaction they had in right. Endgame. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if she would know. Uh, Chris Pratt might. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But Spider-Man 4, rumored to be the next trilogy of 4, 5, and 6, um, telling the story of him being grounded in New York City, because mm-hmm. that's where he ended up. He ended up making his own suit. He got rid of all the Stark tech. Um, ended up making his own suit, enlisting into uh, one of the colleges. I can't remember if it was uh, New York University that he was in. in yeah, um, it was. Okay. And uh, his friends are going to uh, that other one. the MIT, right? MIT, yes. Yep. And that's in Boston. So. Yep. Um, so this is Grounded. It's in NYC. Do you think we'll see a live-action Miles Morales in this movie? In this I, one? We know I hope they, they do... S- I hope they do in this movie. Um, and he doesn't actually become a Spider-Man until either second or third. I'd like to see a nice character arc for three movies. Let's get the speculation going, because I had a great revelation today while I was driving. Um, multiverse Saga introduction to Miles Morales. We're in the multiverse. This movie's probably going to come out before Secret Wars, before Kang Dynasty, if it's still going to be Kang Dynasty. Interesting Secret Wars twists. Does this Miles Morales come from the Sony Animation Universe? If they debuted Sony, if they debuted Miles Morales into and Spider-Man have, Four, should make more do it or or uh, or I don't see that. That's the thing. I don't know how old should make more is. I know the kid from Stranger Things. Um, a lot of people want him in it. The little the the kid from yep. Stranger, Stranger Things. I want the um, kid from Cobra Kai, who's like fourteen years old. Right, yeah. Um, the thing about this is the sequel. This is obviously Beyond the Spider Verse is the third movie. Um, uh, was Across the Spider Verse is the one that comes out next week. Beyond the Spider Verse is the third one. Well, if you're if you're Across the Spider Verse, you're seeing all the Spider Man in this animated world. What's beyond that? Would it be a live action universe? Yeah. Maybe that's what happens with Miles. Maybe he goes into a live-action world in the MCU and becomes... They've already put the kind of the uh, the uh, breadcrumbs there already in the beginning. Um, the very first Homecoming, they mentioned... They mentioned uh, I think Aaron's in it, actually, um, played by uh, Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. And they put the breadcrumbs from Miles being in this universe. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I would love to see Miles being introduced in this. Like you mentioned, maybe not having the superpowers. That could happen. Or, if it did happen multiverse fuckery having this Miles come into the MCU yes. and this would be perfect. I I do think Shamik Moore is too old because I do think, yeah, I think like so he's in his early 20s. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could always change that up with multiverse yeah. stuff. But uh, I would love to see any type of Miles story in the next Spider-Man movie um, and hopefully get a good arc out of it to where he isn't Spider-Man until maybe the second movie. Yeah. Because you got to have him helping Peter Parker and them having a trust for a while before you just kind of... But then again, like you say, if you do multiverse stuff, you could just kind of appear and just be there. But he doesn't have the the apprenticeship, I guess, going for him that way. Yep. Um, and they obviously could do a Miles live-action spin-off out of this, too, and bring the Prowler in. Uh, there's there's other, there's other ways of telling this story in a live-action world as well. Um, so the villains. We haven't talked about the villains much of what villains we'd have left to see. I mean... Sony already has all these villain stories that they're telling. I think Craven would have been an amazing story for the for the symbiote saga if that's what they end up doing. Um, I think uh, bringing in Black Cat is a must. 
Uh, Kingpin, he's there. You got D'Onofrio there. Bring him in yep. to play the Kingpin. It would be amazing doing the Spider Slayer story. That would be pretty yep. fucking cool with with Kingpin as the main villain. Holy shit. Daredevil, Kingpin, Spider Slayers, um, Smythe, um, Craven coming in, doing the doing the last hunt or the hunt of Craven would be amazing. Morbius, Blade, that whole saga would be pretty cool. The one thing I want us to do, we'll talk about this further, but if we're doing a trilogy, five and six, obviously would be the Venom saga. Obviously, yep. Kurt, it would start with Kurt Connors, Black Suit, kind of like they're doing in the game. Um, Black Suit Spider-Man it taking over his psyche, him getting very angry, the, the anger taking over, Suit coming off of him, going on to Eddie Brock, so and so forth. Suit de- dividing, kind of like they did in uh, Venom, but better, I guess. I'm always hoping for that. But uh, maybe going on to Carnage as, as the final part of a trilogy. Who knows? Anything can happen. Um, will we see a Mary Jane Watson, or will we continue to see uh, Zendaya playing MJ? Uh, I don't know about these three movies, if she'll be back until the last three, if they end up doing the last, because that was the rumor at one point that was giving a nine-arc yeah. uh, saga. Um. But I I don't think they'll go with the traditional M, uh, Mary Jane. I think they might do uh, what's her name, um, Gwen. Okay, that would work too. Gre- the Gwen. I would see them doing Gwen, um, at least for this trilogy. Um, but who knows? Um, MJ might come back in some capacity. I don't know. Um, but I could see them doing the Gwen story or something similar, changing it up a bit. Yeah, we didn't we didn't even mention the Goblin Saga. We got goblins, Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. We haven't noticed, we haven't mentioned any of that. Green Goblin was kind of already in. Yeah. Um, the, the thing he's is, he's been used a lot. It's kind of like the yeah. Joker with Batman. Like we kind of want to take a little break from him, which yeah. we have for three movies. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice to have a name. Like I would like to have him. Like now that he's no longer friends with like Ned, technically. Yeah. Become friends with Harry. With, uh, Harry and do that whole saga and maybe have that actually be done properly where I liked what they did in the Raimi movies but I don't think it was really done properly like if they did it over the course of three movies then the Green Goblin could easily be the villain in the third um, but they have a lot of rogue gallery to play with also so they can go anywhere they want yep um, and where does the Sony verse come into play if at all um, aka how can Sony's fucked up universe dynamics fuck this up um I, I haven't even watched Morbius for that reason. Um, I don't want to see it. I know they're doing Madam Web. I know they're doing the Craven the Hunter. Which, if anything, I'd love Craven the Hunter to be an origin story. Then maybe bring in Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven coming into New York City in one of these movies in a hunt to find the ultimate, the ultimate prey. Yeah, be fucking amazing to see that. Um, and especially if he has a black suit, it would be amazing to see that, that as well. That first movie has to be good for, before they can think about bringing him in um, yep. as Craven the Hunter. Um, so hopefully uh, that movie turns out well. Yep. Is that coming out this year or next? It's already what? filmed. What? Craven. Cra- Craven is filmed. Uh, the trailer just debuted in... At uh, CinemaCon? Maybe it was Cinema CinemaCon. It was one of those. It was recently. It was very recent. It, um, it had to have been CinemaCon if it was recently, because that was like the last big one. Okay. Yeah. So that. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's already out. I think it's supposed to come out in October. Maybe November. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah. Um. So the next we'll step you've already it, so. you've already debuted you've already debuted Peter Parker in NYC. Yeah. 
You got mm-hmm. him kind of grounded. The black suit you know is in in this multiverse because it's separated from Tom Hardy's Venom at the end of No Way Home. Yep. There's a piece of it on Earth. So that brings you, brings you to the MCU Secret Wars, which we already know is going to be the multiverse aligning itself, kind of like the comic books. Um, will both Spider-Man end up in the same universe, Peter Parker, Miles? I don't know. Maybe uh, it may be the end of the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield universe. Everything, if everything yep. else gets destroyed. Um, if they do it like the comic books, this will be where the black suit is introduced. The black suit Spider-Man, which would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, especially awesome. maybe if Spider-Man Four the suit isn't isn't debuted, but maybe the symbiote takes over like an after credit scene and, and and attaches it to himself, so you don't actually see the suit or you don't actually see him being Spider-Man, black suit Spider-Man. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of ways of doing it, and I think Secret Wars, instead of coming out in 2026, or when it was supposed to come out, I think it'll be spread out, especially with the writer's strike, definitely. Yeah, it's supposed to come out May 2025 is the first one, then King Dynasty is May 2026. Yep. So, I have no idea what's going to happen with May 2025 at this point. Yep. Um, this will got another year to figure it out before then, but uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, we'll see. The last part of the trilogy, five and six, um, what will the ultimate story be? Like I mentioned, it could be the Black Suit Saga, it could be the Venom Carnage Saga, it could be Craven's Last Hunt, could be anything. It could be the Smythe uh, Spider Slayers, which would be amazing. A lot of story to tell there. I think after five and six, it won't be as multiverse related. It'll be whatever's going on, maybe universe, maybe uh, space related. Who knows? Anything could mm. happen. Um, you can learn a lot of storytelling from the PlayStation games, from the original animated series. Go go into that a little bit. I love the animated series. I've been watching some of that every now and yeah, then. It's uh, awesome. Or I haven't for a while, but uh, I was watching it back in like February, January. Yep. And uh, it's so good. And what could be a fitting end to Tom Holland's Spider-Man? If this trilogy is the end, or like you mentioned, maybe there's another trilogy after that. I don't know. But what could be a fitting end for Tom Holland's Spider-Man? Will he have an epic ending like Tony Stark did? I mean, could he have it? Could he die? Would he just retire? I don't know. I don't know where this character could eventually they go. Could, I mean, because Spider-Man goes until he's in his 30s. Like yeah. so th- This trilogy, like I said, could be his 20s. And then, I don't know, then eventually maybe they'll do like Miles ends up taking over the mantle fully. Yeah. I don't know. They could, they could go anywhere. Tom Holland is going to look fucking 17 forever. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, they could go anywhere with this story. Yeah, they just gotta pay him. I, I hope. Yep. I hope. I hope contracts don't fuck this up because mm. he's an amazing Spider-Man, pun intended. And I, I yep. can't wait to see where the character goes yep. in, in the MCU. This is the most um, thing I'm looking forward to in the MCU uh, is Spider-Man because I've always loved Spider-Man. Me too. Uh, now the Guardians is done. Like everything that comes out, I'll watch it. But like, I won't have any like real stakes big yeah exactly and like i absolutely love the spider-man character me too um so yeah Let's it's the last it's the forward, last so. it's the last thing we have iron man's gone well most of the adventures are going to be gone by secret wars so it's the last thing that we have that we know is going to last past secret wars for the <laughs> most part so and, and except for all the new characters that are coming along but so that's it for our show next week in the month of june we have a lot of stuff i do I know you're working. I'm gonna try to watch some stuff, and we're gonna talk about it next. I almost week. tried to get to the Little Mermaid last night, but decided I, not to. I may, I may do it tomorrow because n- tomorrow I am gonna watch the machine. So do I'm the gonna double review, feature. I'm gonna review that. 
Um, Ted Lasso Season 3 finale comes out next Wednesday. We're going to watch that. Uh, continue with my watch of Platonic Episode 4 comes out next Tuesday. Season 4 premiere of Dark Side of the Ring, Sunny and Christy Candido. I can't wait for that on May 30th. Um, came out today, Jelly Roll, talked about it in the beginning as a Hulu documentary. I'm going to try to watch that. There's also a Netflix documentary on Louis Capaldi. Talked about him in the beginning of the show. I want to watch yep. that. Um, you mentioned Little Mermaid. I won't, I'm hoping I can get to it because I'm hearing it's really good. I'm, I'm also hearing it's really I've heard she's absolutely fantastic in it, yep. so I'm really looking forward to it. But the big thing that we're going to try to review by next week is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to the movie we just reviewed. So Yes. The whole reason we did that today is so we can watch that. Um, comes out next Friday, so looking forward to that. Coming in June. Not sure if we're gonna watch this or not, but I put it in the list. Nope. Uh, Transformers: Rise of Probably the Beast not. comes out on the ninth. I haven't caught up on them. Wanted to mention it. What we are gonna watch is The Flash. Comes out on the fifteenth. We're gonna watch yes, it on sir. Thursday the fourteenth. So we'll be reviewing that. No, uh, Thursday the fifteenth. Okay, the sixteenth comes out is Friday. Yep. Yep. Uh, Stan Lee documentary coming out on Disney Plus on the 16th. Looking forward to that. They have great documentaries on Disney Plus, doing all the Marvel and Disney and, and Star Wars related stuff. So it's gonna look that's cool. Looking forward to that. Secret Invasion on the 21st, six episode series, hour long yep. episodes. Can't wait for that. Turn on Nick Fury. The Bear the 22nd series. Is that gonna be uh, every episode at once, or is that gonna be a weekly thing? I think it's every episode at once, which is what they did on FX. They did it weekly on FX, but dropped it all on Hulu, so. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, On the 23rd, Jennifer Lawrence's new movies, No Hard Feelings. I don't know what to think about this. It's a new comedy. Um, I'm hoping comedy. That's the one about, like, she gets hired to be the girlfriend? Okay. Um, And. Indiana Jones on June 30th, which is getting mixed reviews, pretty pretty mixed bag of reviews, but looking forward to it. Can't be worse than Crystal Skull, so. Yeah, I, which I, I love like. James Mangold. Maybe we should review, should we review the four Indiana Jones movies leading up to that, maybe one a week? I mean, we got four weeks until then. Yeah, perfect. We'll start next week. We'll I'll watch Raiders week. tonight. Then we'll watch Raiders, and we'll, and we'll review that next week. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny comes out June 30th, the finale of Harrison Ford as Indiana, Indiana Jones. Yep. Um, we got we got uh, John Williams coming back for the score, so it's going to be it's gonna be cool to see this. When we do that review, we should do the John Williams uh, oh, perfect. thing. June 30th. We'll do the uh, Dial of Destiny, yep. Look forward to that on June Top 30th scores, as well. scores, all that stuff. Excellent. Yep. Excellent idea. Look forward to that, too. So... Epic episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we will talk to everybody with a jam-packed episode next week. Peace. Peace.